Everybody. Hi, this is Michael Rosso sitting here at our round table. <laughs> John Fideli and I. You know what people used to call me? No. Fonjadeli. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know why, why. I just thought of that. Because you take the F from Fideli and put it on the J and the J from John and put it on Fideli. You just, like yours would be Reich Masso. Fonjadeli. Hey, it's a me, Fonjadeli. This is our May 1st. 2016 podcast uh, newsy show. We're going to be reading a lot of letters from listeners, mm-hmm. and we're going to be reading a lot of news. Just like a lot of news has been coming o- over over the wire via Mark Dalzell. Uh, well wishes to Mark Dalzell. Yeah, that's the biggest news. Yes. Mark, Mark is laid up. He's not going to be around for a while. Yes, nothing dangerous. Yeah. Well, we're mentioning him, so his ears will probably prick up and he'll listen somehow. His radar. Well, I want to thank Mono. Well, he he may have Mono, but. I want to thank Mark for... Uh, He's still on the job, though. Yeah, he, he, he emailed me all. I said, hey, what's news? What's the news? And he sent me all the news. So we're going to read the news. We're going to read a lot of listener letters. We have a special segment with the folks at Lamography NYC. Uh, we're going to be ha- having a little rolling interview with uh, my friend Jen's uh, uh, eighth grader, mm-hmm. Sophie. Sophie. She is uh, she and many, 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 many other mm-hmm. Young kids... Students. That age, eighth Utes. grade, Utes. are shooting um, the Instax. I mean, it's it's it, it's on fire. Is it really? Yeah, it's, I mean, I hear from parents all the time who are like, "Oh, my kid!" You know, I hear mm. film photography. My kid loves that new Polaroid. Really? Yeah. Does they, she post it online too when she takes her little uh, Instagram? Does she then? Does she then take a picture of it with her phone and no, post it? No, she has it? albums. She keeps photo albums. Oh, she's very yeah, organized. Wow, yeah, that's, yeah. That's highly unusual. Yeah, much to the uh, probably what's a good word chagrin, chagrin chagrin of Fuji. Everyone over here calls it Polaroids. I hate to <laughs> I hate to bust your bubble. Yeah, I know it's all Fuji Instax, but every kid's parent calls it a Polaroid. I still call every brand of tissue that I buy tissue a Kleenex. A Kleenex. It's a brand. Yep. Fuji should have bought the brand. Fuji, why didn't you buy the Polaroid yeah. brand? It was up for bid. Just buy it. I don't know what their deal is. Ugh. Cutting film out. We're not, even, we're not even going to get started about Fuji film. Hey. Um, really quick, it's not on part of our news, but you know anyone who listens to this show probably knows about the Peel Apart film being discontinued by Fuji. If you don't know, type in FP100C discontinuation in your browser using the Google. The Google. You'll get a plethora of articles, uh, but most notable. Well, anyhow, Fuji mentioned that we're de- they, like we're discontinuing this film. Mm. Florian Doc Caps. He's the uh, he is the he's uh, the kingpin. Yeah. He's the guy. <laughs> he is. He's the, he's the resurrector. He's the uh, originator of the Impossible Project. He's going to go talk to Mr. Fuji. He got on the he Concord. Went, he did. He got on the Concord. He went to talk to Mr. Fuji, and he p- placed his blog. If you blog Florian, F-L-O-R-I-A-N, Caps, K-A-P-S, Supersense, that's, that's his new company, Supersense, Pack Film, you'll, you'll see his blog. And it's a, whole, it's, it's a whole trip. That's his new... Getting on the plane, getting off the plane, yeah. talking to Fuji, not talking to Fuji. Uh, after all this was said and done, Fuji came up with... No. No. I... Is he still going to make it his mission, though, to follow through? Or is he just going to be like, oh, well, they told me no. If, if you, once again, use the Google. 
The Google. I mean, this is all news just coming in. There's no solid. Mm. Uh, but there's a it's company. news that hasn't been written in, yet. Can um, you type in? Type in uh, Fuji Pack Film Cat Labs C A T. There's a company that proclaimed, you know, in all this anguish. C A T. Yeah, they proclaimed. I mean K A T. C A T. Oh. They proclaimed, we'll make Fujifilm. <laughs> I have no idea if they're going to. I'm sure someone is going to make the Peel Apart film. Uh, I got nothing. Cat? Yeah. C-A-T? Fuji yeah. Pack Cat Film. Cat Labs. Cat Labs. Oh, I, I did it. Stupid. Stoops. Pack Film Cat. Exactly. Labs. But, you know, the FPP, us, the FPP, us, you folks listening, the FPP is all about shooting film. It's all about shooting film that's available. Okay, this is hot off the press. This oh. is three days old. Oh. Well, now, yeah. our, <clears throat> our initial post regarding pack film has resonated with many people around the world, and we are very happy to see an active and vibrant community react to this post. At this point, there are no numbers and no techno babble to bore or delight you with, except to reiterate our commitment to this project with a deep understanding of the size of the undertaking and challenge. Wheels are turning, balls are rolling, and connections and contacts are forming in all the right places. So they're on the job. Yeah, they're on the t- something's going to happen, folks. That was posted April 25th. But, you know, I don't lose any sleep or have any anguish over discontinued film stocks. I know we get a lot of emails, a lot of posts on our Flickr page. By the way, if you go to Flickr.com and go into the groups, you'll see our, our you know, our group, <laughs> our FPP group, Film Photography Podcast Group. A lot of people chit-chatting in there. I just concentrate and shoot film that is available. Right. If a company like Fuji discontinues FP100C, they did it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should all get emotional about it, quite frankly. I, uh, well, most, you, you know why they did it, because they ain't making no money all it. Most definitely, there was um, one of their customers who were using the film for uh, photo IDs, switched to digital. Do I know this is a fact? No, I don't. But I'm telling you that's what happened. They should put out like one batch a year, like super special batch, limited edition. Yeah, well, last when they discontinued FP100C 4x5, mm. after it was discontinued, they came out with one more batch. So... Who knows? Maybe maybe that will happen. Hmm. Uh, meanwhile, here in the U.S., the the price has skyrocketed. Yeah, how much yeah, is a pack? Uh, close to thirty bucks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was. It was used to be like ten bucks, eleven. How many bucks. exposures? Ten. Yikes! Impossible Project film. The the suggested retail price is twenty uh, bucks. No, twenty 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 three ninety nine is the su- the suggested retail price. Hmm. So you folks listening, we all made that a success. We all paid for it. So just because Fuji Pack Film was ten bucks, I I don't think that's ever going to happen again. So if your pocket change, that's yes. If an indie comes up with some FP one hundred C type film, mm. it's certainly not going to. I mean, I, I I can hope it will be ten dollars, but I doubt it's going to be ten dollars. Yeah. We can dream though. Yes. Speaking of uh, Impossible Project Film, Impossible Project Film here at the FPP Film Photography Store dot com is on, is on sale. It's discounted. It's twenty bucks. Twenty dollars. Nineteen ninety nine. <gasps> How do you do it? We offer discounts. Nice. For you folks. Very important you spread the word. So if you, you know people that shoot uh, impossible film for Polaroids, please send them to the FPP because we need you to support us so that we can keep this show going, keep our workshops going, keep our camera mm-hmm. donation uh, project going. And we only can do that by people visiting our, our shop or people sending in donations. Yeah. Speaking of impossible, what do you got yeah. there, John? Well, speaking of news, 
says the from Gizmodo. What is that? Some website. <laughs> oh, that's the website. The Impossible Project created a brand new camera for its resurrected Polaroid format film for the 600. Mm-hmm. Have you you seen this camera? Right. It looks like a pencil sharpener, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's a very strange I, looking machine. I've only seen it like in that picture. It's like an old telephone, like an old rotary phone. It does. It's not very. It's not very. Uh, Pleasing. Pleasing to the eye, yeah. No. But uh, it says, after successfully bringing Polaroid 600 film back from the dead, the people behind the Impossible Project realized that hunting down a working Polaroid camera for the film wasn't always easy. I don't know about that. My family would, like, throw one of them at me every week. Oh, I went to a garage sale. I found this. There are millions of cameras out there. Yeah. There's no real shortage of cameras. No. But some people do want a new camera. All right. Because there are bugs associated with the old cameras. But do you want to pay 300 bucks for one? It's really not that much if you think so, about it. I guess. I mean, maybe it comes with a warranty. It's new. Well, when you're paying, you know, I guess, you know, 20 to $25 for a pack of film. Yes. You don't want to be throwing duds because your camera's all effed. <laughs> so I guess if you want to throw down 300 Well, the alternative. That's impossible. The alternative is Instax Wide, which you shoot. Yes. That's a $60 camera. Yeah. I know. Well, it's all freedom of choice. People who want to shoot the, uh, you know, the square impossible, mm-hmm. the, the Polaroid type film, will want to get this new camera. It has some cool features, though. Comes out mid-May, right? Uh, dead. Doesn't say. Sorry. I think it comes out mid-May. Yeah, it doesn't say on what you printed. What out. are some of the special features? But it says um, surrounding the lens, you will you will now find a circular flash ring with LEDs that can automatically adjust its intensity based on the distance of your subject and the available ambient light. Rechargeable battery inside of it, so it's a rechargeable battery. It's got a flash on it that's circular around the lens. Very nice for LEDs. That's uh, you know, take nice light sensitive. Nice portraits. I bet it would take nice photos. I, I'm curious to see some of the pictures from here. Okay. Before I throw down three hunch, I would like to see some photos. There are some photos. If you go to that article, this shows some photos. No, if you type in uh, impossible, what's it called? A what camera? A one? I one. If you type in impossible I one, you get the site. Mm-hmm. And then you see some examples. They oh. look pretty good. All right. Yes, exciting. All right, well, good. Good for you. We have so much exciting news this particular podcast. Exciting. exciting. Argus Museum and Washtenaw County Historic Society are excited to host a photography exhibition of work by Ann Arbor-based French photographer Mark Gregor Camperdon. Camperdon. Yes, thank you, John. Well, the exhibition opening was held on April 7th. Oh, that's... However, the exhibition is st- it's still running. It runs oh. through May 13th. What are these photos he took with the Argus camera? I'm gonna, I don't know. Let's find out. Oh. The exhibition, simply entitled Downtown, will showcase digital and analog you know, film images from Ann Arbor. Downtown. Camperdon, who is a graduate... I can add that in later. (laughs) Camperdon, who is a graduate of the Paris College of Art, has traveled the world capturing stories and culture, revealing the beauty and dignity of people and place. The Argus Museum is located on the second floor of the Argus Building, 525 West William Street in Ann Arbor. The show will be available for viewing Monday through Friday, Mm. 9 to 5, through May 13th. You've been to the Argus Museum, right? Damn right. It's a good place. Yeah, it's great. Uh, how long can you spend in there? Like a few hours. Yeah, it's a few hour thing. For more information, contact the Ar- muse- the Argus Museum curator Arr. Cheryl Scheidester at seven three four seven six nine zero seven seven zero, 
or you can view their website. Uh, if you go to, uh, if you just, if you just Google search Argus Museum, Google, you will come up with it. Also on Facebook, the Google Argus Museum, they have their own page. Do they? Speaking of Facebook, folks out there listening, we are just a few likes away from having ten thousand likes on our Facebook page. Wow! Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind, if you're on the Facebook, please go to Film Photography Podcast. You know, type it in in the Facebook. You'll see our page and like us. Likes it. Also, that page, that is the place to go to find out about specials. Mm. Like, oh, in the film store. Yeah, we yeah. do clearance on some 4 by 5 film. Blown out stuff, you got to go. Cheap, cheap, yeah. cheap. And the key is when you like a page, you have to do a drop down that says turn on notifications. Oh. Because that guy, what's that guy who runs Facebook? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. You know, he keeps mixing it up every few months. Mm. <laughs> And making it more difficult to, like, you know, just get notifications. So. Why? Why is he doing that? He's just messing with the little people. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you like the FPP uh, Facebook page, make sure you turn on the notifications. Oh. Because the specials are, well, they're special. Blue plate. You ever think about doing it like a blue plate special? Like, yes. Like they did in Corvettes. <laughs> The old diners and Corvettes. Yeah. What do you got there? Any what other news? News? News, uh, Vincenzo, about, the news. How about the, the Galaxy Hyperspeed 120 for medium format camera? This is a Kickstarter. 120. You tried to explain this to me. It's, it's a... Well, uh, well, what they, is it? well, these folks at Galaxy had a previous Kickstarter where they had 4x5 direct positive paper. Mm-hmm. Okay, what it is is... So what do you got to do? Well, let's talk about the 120 roll because so many more people shoot 120. Yes. You're buying a roll of film... That yeah. isn't film. It's paper. Huh? It's photosensitive paper. Okay. So you, you put it in your camera, mm-hmm. you shoot it, yeah. and then you develop that. With regular developing no. stuff? Oh. If you type in Galaxy Direct Positive 120, you'll find the Kickstarter. And yeah. If you scroll down, you'll see one of the packages includes their chemistry. Mark Dalzell. He did it. He bought the 4x5 yeah. in the previous Kickstarter, and he developed it in regular oh, D76. Stoops. A negative. Made a negative. Stoops. Did it work? Uh, yeah, it worked. I mean, oh. it's not the most horrible thing in the world, but you have a piece of paper that's negative, then yeah. you'd have to scan it and then reverse it. Oh. But if you use the positive chemistry, you will actually have mm. a positive. So if it's 120, you're just going to have like a little square. Right, right. But they're nice. They're cool. Well, that's, that's pretty interesting. Well, they made their goal. They wanted 20 grand. They got 33. Now, when's that over? In 45 days. Okay. We've got some time here, folks. So, yeah. I might get on that. Yeah, get in on it. Who's going to develop it for you? Get it. Eft. I'll, I'll, uh, how how you intricate dark, is it? You need a dark room. I got one dark room. You could go I to... I do have one place in my basement that I could do that. Why don't you just go dark. to bring the chemistry over to Smooth one night and do it there? Yeah, maybe. That's the place to do it. How many steps is it? I don't like to be bothered with too many <clears> messy chemicals. I don't know. Uh, here it is. Lomography. The folks yeah. at Lomography. Now, they have a new lens. A daguerreotype, Arcromat 2.9 slash 64, art lens. And this already made its goal. Oh, my God. How much? They wanted 100000 They got 792000 Almost $793,000. Okay. So we, from May 1st, you got about nine or ten days left. All the low-end packages are gone. The early bird specials are gone. That was Basically, the lens bucks. is going to cost you four to $500. It's going to cost you 400 450 buck. I own uh, the previous Kickstarter they did for this. Yeah, and you love that lens, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. 
It looks beautiful. It, though, I right? got the I uh, re, I asked for the Canon EOS mount, and I think these lenses are so amazingly popular because they're not limited just f- to film photography. It's crazy. Well, you what could, else? What do you shoot it on? You could put them if you get an EOS mount, you could put it on your digital EOS. Oh. If you get a Nikon mount, you could put it on your Nikon digital camera. Oh, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. And did you see any photos from it? It looks like a real daguerreotype. They're on yeah, yes. If you go to the Lomography, if you type it in, you'll see some examples. Very nice. Yeah, I don't have four hundred and fifty bucks for that though. Well, you know, you start a little uh, piggy bank. So there you go. If you got four hundred and fifty bucks, looking for something to do with it. Yeah, but this is a good opportunity to take a break. And on that break, uh, I want to roll in uh, a segment that I recorded. I was in New York City with our good friend uh, Phil from thedarkroom.com. Hmm. TheDarkroom.com is a West Coast lab that we all love and use, and they're great friends to FPP. They hosted yes. our last uh, walking workshop, which was in... Phil uh, and Keith Swan. Yeah, Keith Swan, which is in uh, San Clemente, California. San Clemente! So, Phil was in New York for a Leica meeting. He liked uh, the Leica. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I went and met him for uh, dinner. Yeah, what'd you have? We went to a restaurant in, um, in uh, downtown. No, like in the 20s. What's like that called? St- Chelsea? Chelsea, yeah, I guess And so. we met up with uh, Mr. Dave Bias from Film Ferrania. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Was that the first time you met him? No. Uh, you know that guy? Dave Bias was the U.S. VP of Impossible Project. That's right. Yes, of course. I yes. Forgot. Told me that many times. Yes. Stoops. And it was really nice getting together with Phil and Dave. But before we got together... Uh, Phil and I walked on down to Lomography on 8th Street. It's 8th Street and in 6th Ave. Yeah. And I had sent those folks uh, an email. Uh, I said, hey, I'm going to be in town. Can I stop in and say hi? And uh, I heard from uh, Devin. He's the store manager. Mm-hmm. He said, come on in. And, you know, when you walk into a store, you never know if they're going to be like, oh, hey, hello, how are you doing? Yeah. How, uh, you all, great to meet you guys. And that, that's it. You yeah. Know? Like, you don't know what kind of. You don't know what you're in for. Yeah, if there's someone really interested in film photography there. Well, first of all, let me quickly say... And Wait, you never told me what you guys had for dinner. Oh, uh, I don't know. Steak? Here at the Film Photography mm-hmm. Project in yeah. our store, mm-hmm. we carry Lomography, Lomography film. Not only do we carry Lomography film, but we sell a lot of Lomography film. And I really encourage folks to check out our online store mm-hmm. because the price is the best. Yes. End of story. Moving on to Arthur's story. So I went into Lomography, and I was greeted by these folks. And these guys were just like living the film dream. Awesome. Just so excited. And they listened to this show. What show? Do they really? Yes. Hey, guys. So let me roll that in and hear the excitement of uh, what Devin's up to. I met Devin and Frank and Chris, who runs the whole the whole. He's the manager. He's the no. no uh, Devin's the manager of the store. Chris, oh. like Grand Poobah. Oh, he's the Uber manager. I think he's like the U.S. The president. Yeah, <laughs> president. I don't know if he's the president, but uh, let's roll this in. See what these guys have to say at Lomography. Hey, everybody. Mike Rasso here. I'm here at the Lomography shop on Eighth Street in New York City. I came to New York with Phil. Phil from the Darkroom.com. We just, we just thought we'd surprise and just stop in Lomography. You know, sometimes when you stop in a store, you know, sometimes you don't get much excitement. Walked into Lomography, started talking cameras and film. Uh, I'm here with uh, the manager, Devin. Hey, Devin. Hey, how's it going? And immediately, you know, once the conversation starts starts rolling, the excitement. And after talking to you and then finding out that you're shooting 8x10. 
<laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And then Devin took us upstairs. I met Frank. Everyone's shooting film. It's incredible. You guys have a great vibe here. Uh, thank you very much. I think that it all is based in all of us being existing photographers before starting to work for a company that makes the product, the medium. I think you need that to contribute something towards the community being a part of the community. All of us were very existing members of shooting film, like back in the day, the Flickr groups, Facebook, online, as well as like in person, all this kind of stuff. Being within like the film shooters before actually working for the company contributes a lot towards like your attitude towards the company. You know, we were take taking a floor walk, looking at the various cameras that Lomo released. You mentioned, and I already knew, Lomography has really, really come a long way in the last few years. The stigma of it being a plastic camera company to where it is now of developing new cameras and developing lenses. Uh, things are, I think, really, really, uh, are really great in the last few years. We had started out and we were, we were in the very experimental like thing trying to get as many people as possible to start shooting film again and now that we have this community we want to grow with them there's so many more facets of photography than just like what we had made with our plastic cameras we kind of want to emphasize that and like grow so we started working on like higher quality optics um, high quality instant cameras that would challenge and or be better than some of its counterparts before we work with Zenit who helps us make these like reconfigured Russian lenses from vintage glass but with like a modern edge like we refine the the bodies and lenses make them like better for use more ergonomical and like bringing back old lens formats to like a modern integration a place that has a high future for us and film photography you used to have to invest in like a wet plate system to shoot on a Petzval lens and now you can shoot your film and or digital cameras with this like pristine but classical optic that you couldn't be able to do before and I think that's like something we're providing now that not many other people are arguing in this like battle for like pristine sharpness or like the best transitional lens is like something that has flattened out has plateaued over the last few years I feel like and now we're integrating something that is a high quality optic but still has the character of like what you loved out of vintage glass, especially for like some of our Leica mount lenses. Um, there's the 6-bit coated Sumalux that you can get, but you can also get like a Jupiter which has a 51.5 on paper, like a beautiful, like great high quality optic but still has a caricature of like an old vintage like Russian right. glass, which I feel like is great. For folks listening, uh, the Petzval lens is basically a portrait lens, and it, you can get either a Nikon or an EOS mount, correct? Yeah. Talk a little bit about, I saw the smaller, are they Zenit lenses? What, what, what mounts are they, and what cameras will they fit on? Yeah, so we, have, um, we now have a range of lenses for Leica screw and Leica M mount. They're based on old Russian designs. We work with Zenit as a company, but they were not like originally Zenit lenses. Like we, our Russar is a 20 millimeter 5.6 based on the old Indistar Leica screw mount lenses. Um, we have the Minotaur, which is our compact LCA lens converted to a manual focus lens for Leica mount. Um, and we also have the Jupiter, which is based on the old Jupiter Russian designs, um, a 51.5 lens for like a screw and like an M mount. And these are all at the Lomography.com? They're all on Lomography.com. They're on the stores. We have articles about them. Um, and uh, you had mentioned to me that you're, you're like, well, I asked you, well, what do you shoot? And you, you said, oh, I shoot 8x10. Tell me, you yourself, uh, how did the evolution of film photography 
because I know lots of people who started shooting and, you know, I mean, they're shooting 35 or moving to 120, but it's not that often I hear someone like, yeah, I'm shooting, I'm shooting eight by 10. How did that happen? I was working for a company called the Impossible Project. Oh, we know them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was working at their gallery space in Soho that doesn't exist anymore, but we used to, we do make an eight by 10 film and we would do like workshops, courses, like taking portraits of people in the space with eight by 10 camera. And I had been shooting like four by five before in large format, but really getting into something that provides like a completely different experience. Like the jump between 120 to large format itself is already like nuts. You ha- you shoot sheets instead of rolls. You shoot single images instead of like series. And with eight by ten was just another step that I felt like more mediums are provided. It's like a big enough jump where I don't have to choose between the two. Um, I feel like a lot of people shoot like one camera of every format, but then you have like too much stuff. I feel like if I'm going to shoot a big negative for the quality, qualitative format, I'm going to shoot the biggest one that I can. Like uh, 8x10 is what we're what I'm doing now, but a couple of friends of mine and I are also building a 20x24 camera. We're expanding into like this large format, like Richard Leroy shoots a lot of like 50 by 70 positive paper, stuff like that. I think jumping into the formalism is like one of the reasons why I do it instead of just like shooting a ton of 35, you really emphasize like the image, like the single image and how it can hold up on its own like a painting could instead of a series of photographs that you shoot on 35 or something like that. Are you doing any home processing or are you using labs? Um, I shoot a lot of instant film, which is like home developing, which then I'll treat myself with like heat or other chemicals, mixing chemistry. Um, I do use um, Type 55. They have a mono bath that I've been experimenting with, with old like black and white large format film. Um, for color and slide, I shoot mostly 35 and 120. I send that out. Um, right. Lamography has a lab, so I get to use that, which is nice. I tend to keep it um, to myself for like printing and like presentation but for regular processing for like continual use i usually use the lab uh, and then just instant film and like large format i do kind of like all by myself like in-house are you shooting four by five as well um a little bit i will be once cinestill comes out i back them and they're gonna make four by five which i'll be shooting but right now i only have an eight by ten camera so very exciting stuff uh i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and welcoming us you know i mean we kind of just walked in Yeah, well, you guys are always welcome. Anyone that comes in is welcome to hear, like, what Lamography is. And I feel like we've also changed a lot over time. So reintroducing ourselves is what we are now is, like, a continual thing that we do, like, very, very often. So. What is the the mantra these days if someone just says, well, what is Lamography? Uh, we still say that we are, like, the driving force that provides, like, an integration of, like, new people into film photography. And that's our main goal is just to get more people shooting film Um, But we also are making these optics to keep people shooting film and not just use it as like a sort of like kitsch escape from like using Instagram. Like we want to emphasize people shooting film, but also for the the sake of shooting film, not for the sake of being like different or being like a hipster or something like that. We want people to shoot film and continue to shoot film for the love of the medium, not just for a cool camera or something like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Why don't we go out on the floor and see if anyone else talked to us? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Walking out here, I see F- Phil from the darkrooms here. He's talking to Frank. Hey, guys. Hey, Michael. F- Phil, we haven't heard from you today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Michael. Good to hook up with you. Yeah, folks who, that have been listening or folks that came to our event uh, last year uh, in San Clemente will know and remember Phil from thedarkroom.com. It's, uh, we're kind of palling around today. 
Yeah, we're uh, we're just hitting up the Lomo store here uh, in New York City, and talking with uh, the gang here, Devin and uh, the group. What what brought you to New York? T- tell our listeners. Oh, I, I came for the Leica Historical Society semi-annual event, and it's a little bit of a boondoggle for people to walk around and uh, take pictures and uh, talk about cameras and a lot of film. There are an awful lot of film users in the Leica group, and then to hook up with Mike, folks from Lomo, and just kick around town a little yeah. bit. We even went into Urban Outfitters. Yeah, and uh, across from me is Frank. How you doing, Frank? How you doing, Michael? Oh, pleasure to have you here, man. Yeah, Frank told me, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I walk in off the street. Uh, that everyone listens to the ph- film photography podcast. It is. Uh, I just started working for Lomo not long ago, and uh, when I saw that Michael was one of my customers, I was like, yes, I have the chance to share that with him, and it's a pleasure to have him here in the. Lomo Corp offices slash store slash gallery and, uh, you know, sharing the film love for you guys. And do you shoot? Yeah, a lot. What's what's your main love shooting? Uh, well, I shoot black and white mainly. I like a really dark contrast, so really weird films. I will shoot uh, 4x5, love it. But since, yeah, 110, I have my Pentax out of 110, so that's cool. 35, well, tons of them and... Yeah, my graphics. So, yeah, that's a lot of architectural landscape into, like, subject matters. That, that's what I do. Are you excited about the Cinestill 4x5? Yeah, I supported it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't wait. When we saw it, we were like, oh, let's do it. Click, click. <laughs> Pretty quick. Yeah, we need to keep that. We need to keep that love for, yeah. for uh, you know, everybody that's doing this hard work to keep film alive and actually give it into our next next level well thanks frank hey we're back that was exciting yes it was yeah they were a great great group i highly recommend if you are visiting you know a lot of people like oh i'm going to sit in i'm going to be an h stop just stop it just stop it stop it (laughs) you can go to b and h but go to lamography too well i have to well yeah lamography 8th street at 6th ave very worthwhile to go in there. Great people and great fun stuff. And if you're going to go to a superstore, mm. let me give a, a shout-out to a superstore that I visited that I thought was great and I thought the service was great. They're called Adorama. Adorama. Ador- <laughs> Adorama. They have an online uh, store, too. They do. They do. But we did a floor walk, Phil and I, and they were just polite, pleasant, mm. helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't always get that in the big box stores. Mm. Yeah, B&H has got many, many other things other than film. So yeah. there's a lot going on in that place. Well, Adorama, how's that go? Adorama. They have a lot of stuff going on, too. But they have they have lots of film, Impossible film, mm. Kodak film, Ilford film. And they were really nice. So also, you know, a lot of folks do ask me about, oh, digital camera. Can I buy a digital camera? Here in New Jersey, I highly recommend the Unique Photo. Unique uh, yeah, UniQ on Route 46 in Fairfield. They're also really nice, very pleasant, mm-hmm. especially if you want the dig. They, they do a lot of workshops and stuff, too. They do lots of stuff. Yeah. They have Flim. They sell yeah, Flim. A lot of film. And our good friend Mark Dalzell frequently visits them secretly. He doesn't tell us. No, because he unloads everything, all the uh, dollar low-priced <laughs> low film that they're chucking out. Yeah, they'll put like a dollar expired bin together of like yeah. hundreds of rolls, and he'll just like, yeah. I think he just says, I'm going to take them all. Yeah, he just takes them all. And do you have any more in the back? Right. And he grabs all the stuff in the back, too. That's why he's sick. <laughs> he's been smited. 
Right. For doing that. So let's uh, read some more new, more uh, you know, industry news. Okay. Well, this is from Kodak. Oh, did my you fave. hear about this? This is interesting. They'll g- they're going to give free thirty-five millimeter film to Kickstarter projects that they feel qualify. Sixteen millimeter as well. Oh. So if you have you, so if you have a Kickstarter to raise money to make your movie, to make a movie. Right. It says uh, Kodak will offer up to $20,000 worth of 35 or $15,000 worth of 16-millimeter film. That's not too shabby. It's determined by how much the campaign raises, with Kodak offering a 20% match worth of film on funding for 35 campaigns and 15% match on Super 16. Wow. With a cap of 100 grand. Ooh. So that's interesting. There, that's... It says here, Kodak is fighting for a film revival. Yes. Alongside Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese. So if you Google search Kodak Film Kickstarter, you'll find this. This was reported on The Verge. The Google. It says, we are open to any filmmaker who wants to participate. So they're going to, I guess you have to get in touch with them at uh, KodakFilm at Kickstarter.com and tell them what your project is about. Send it to the panel and see if you qualify. Nice. I likes it. Because it's, you know, pretty expensive to shoot film. That's like... A huge boon if you're making a film. It is. That's a lot of a lot of money worth of film. Let's talk about eighth graders shooting film. Okay. Oh, all right. So uh, my friend Jen, who folks who like really listen to the show mm-hmm. will know Jen because Jen gave me a hat. And if you really listen to the show, you know that a hat that Darren Riley Ballard wrote a song about the hat. Did he really? Yes, he did. How come I don't know about this? Here's the song. So Jen answered his call. She bought a hat, she bought a hat Hey Mike, we like your hats Jen has a daughter, Sophie Mm. She's an 8th grader who loves to shoot instant film. Hmm. Sophie and I went to record store day, and right. she started telling me, like, just start telling me about why she shoots mm-hmm. instant film and why she loves it. And I'm like, well put. I was like, well mm, said. I'm like, nice. I need to record this. Yeah. So we did. We recorded it. Oh, good. And here's the segment. Hey, folks. For this segment, I'm talking to 8th grade student Sophie. Sophie is very much into... Polaroid photography. She's been shooting with a Polaroid 300 camera. Here in America, it came out around 2010, 2011. It was called Polaroid 300. It was a Polaroid branded Fuji Instax Mini camera. So if you have an Instax Mini camera, it's basically the same type of photography. It produces a uh, credit card sized instant picture with film made by Fuji. Sophie started telling me about how she excited she was about her Polaroid photography, and she told me why. And I said, wow, that was so well said. Do you, do you remember what you told me? I think so. So it was something along the lines of how Polaroid cameras and um, things that were once very popular back in the day and how they're coming back and how they are portrayed through the media and how that is shown to young teens. And that's really how I think Polaroids, like that I have, the mini Polaroids, are becoming very popular, especially through social media and how teens see it as being represented as um, some kind of subculture of a very different type of photography that is really cool. How is it, how is it different than uh, taking a picture digitally and putting it on Instagram? 
Well, the, the just the thought of Polaroid, you know, taking a picture and then as soon as it comes out, that's just a, just a cool idea. I once brought my Polaroid camera to school, and a lot of the kids there liked it. They um they were they always thought you could shake the thing, which you don't. But um, it's different because it's just it's like cooler in a way. <laughs> so when you so one day you brought your camera to school, what was the reaction? Like, did kids know what it was? Some kids did, some kids didn't. Most kids didn't, though. You know, they said, oh, you know, my parents have, like, an older version of that. This one, they, many kids took the pictures and shook it. At the time, I didn't really know how to take Polaroid pictures. I always take them on the wrong settings, so they come out really dark. But I've definitely been learning, and I've been taking a lot more pictures on it. Why do you think students your age think they need to shake it? Like, where do you think that comes from, from a, from a pop culture pr- perspective? I don't know. I think there's a song that says you shake Polaroids, but I forget the name of it. I don't know, and I guess, like, on TV shows, they show images of them shaking it, but they don't really know, like, photographers, I guess, that use Polaroids and know that you're not supposed to shake it. Tell me about, like, your photography, and do you display it? What do you do with your pictures? So, some of the ones I'm prouder, I'm proud of, which are my most recent ones, considering I just learned how to use the settings properly. I sometimes post them, you know, on social media, and I get people saying that they look really good. Uh, I mainly take pictures of, like, my cats and random things, you know, like that. Um, it's, it's just a fun thing to have around with my friends. And, of course, digital cameras are cool, too. I'm not hating on digital cameras. I do enjoy those. Um, you know, Polaroid cameras, they're always a good time. If you want to bring them to a fun event, you know, it's just a good time to have with your, to have with your friends. How do you get your, your instant pictures that come out of your camera? How do you get them on social media? Uh, I could just take a picture of them. It's hard to take a picture with your phone of a Polaroid picture. It takes a, some... Some photographers commenting on pictures saying, like, nice shot. And sometimes I have Polaroids on my locker of, like, my cats. And sometimes people come up, you know, and they're like, oh, I remember when I had a Polaroid camera. So my teachers say that. So that's how I mainly show my Polaroid love. What type of photography do you want to get into? Like, what's the next step with you? Uh, definitely 35 millimeter. I've been seeing so many 35 millimeter shots, and I really like the whole colorful shots on 35 millimeter. Um, that's definitely something that I want to try. Do you think you'll be developing your own film? Hopefully soon. I really want to get into photography, and I think I already am in it, and I just need to take a few more steps, and I'll be there where you are, hopefully. And what is the name of your cat? (laughs) <laughs> Santos Santos the cat Wait, that's it for this segment uh, Sophie, thank you very much for sharing like your interest in photography with us uh, Thank you for having me No, I really enjoyed it And perhaps as you advance through photography maybe you'll come back someday Yeah, hopefully I really hope I will Well put Like Fuji Instax Polaroid mm-hmm. film Who knew? Yeah, yeah well, who knew? I, I passed my Instax on My small one my Instax Mini. Hey, well, your kids are maybe too young to enjoy it, but yeah. they'll move into yeah. it. What happens is kids bring it to school, mm. and then another kid sees it. Catches on. And then that kid goes to their parents, you know. I want one because Jimmy has one. Right. <laughs> and the, the film, I mean, mm. you could buy in a, a corner drugstore these days. Oh, really? The film's very easy to yeah, find. you can get it at Target. Yeah, Target here in the U.S., Walmarts. Let's read a letter. This is from Amani. Uh, and he or she says, I just got 
into taking film photography a month ago, and I am very ecstatic about it. Blue Moon Camera and Machine is yes. one of the two places in Portland, Oregon. They set me up with a complete Nikon and guided me through everything I needed to know about getting started to shoot with film. I'm really enjoying this new hobby, and I greatly appreciate the people at Blue Moon Camera. You should know, though, not to eat around there. <laughs> <laughs> really? It says that? Yes. Go to the classic <laughs> Portland food carts. I don't want to name restaurants, but they do not do justice to Portland cuisine. Okay. Well, thank you from that, for that aside. I guess uh, people were talking about you, you in one of the uh, last podcasts about what your favorite camera store is. Yes. So that here's one for Blue Moon. Here's another one for, uh, let's see. This is from Brian Rickman. Okay. And he says, not exactly from a thrift store, but thrift store, but a local university sells off surplus items once a week. They have a large warehouse with all sorts of things like office furniture, etc. And every now and then, cameras. Even though the mirror was locked up and the eyepiece glass was a little bit dirty, I picked up a Nikon FG35 SLR body in almost perfect cosmetic condition. Uh, he then took a short drive to a local camera store uh, who still rep- repairs vintage gear, looked it over, and after a little bit of cleaning and putting the lens on it to test the thing out, and he put in a new pair of batteries, voila, the mirror reset itself down. And that's interesting because I have an Olympus yes. where the mirror is... Oh, is that right? Yeah, my brother-in-law gave me an Olympus FM. FM, is that what it is? SM? OM. OM. And the mirror was like all fakakt. It looked like it was frozen. So I bet if I throw some batteries in there, that'll rectify the situation. Anyway, uh, the camera body actually cost me less than to buy it at a surplus sale or a store. So he's got himself a nice FG that he got from the university. He doesn't name the, the university, though. All right, Brian Rickman. Thanks, dude. Also, we were talking about Kickstarter. Yes. You never considered doing a Kickstarter for anything. Here's a uh, listener who has an idea for you. Oh, for real? Hi, Michael. It's from James Thorpe. Wow. Remember Jim Thorpe? Jim Thorpe, yeah. Yeah, it was like the Indian Olympian. There's a town named for Jim Thorpe in Pennsylvania. What? It's called Jim Thorpe. If this guy's from Pennsylvania, that would be freaky. It doesn't say, though. Well, James says, I just heard your latest podcast where you and Leslie talked about the possibility of spooling new 127, and I think my heart skipped a beat. Yes. I can tell you right now that I will personally commit to purchase to a purchase of 50 rolls of the first run. In fact, I'd be willing to pay now for future, for future delivery a la Kickstarter if that would help pre-finance the project. Ooh. 127 film, folks, is a roll film. It's tinier than 120 film. It fits into smaller cameras. The Yashica? The most notable is the Yashica 44 and the Mini Rolly. Mini. Yeah. I never saw the Mini Rolly. Beautiful. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, the Yashica, the Yashica 44 is like a knockoff. Yeah, it's I have a, the 44. Yeah, it's a beautiful little camera. And there are tons. If you go to eBay and type in 127 film cameras, lots of little plastic cameras. Hmm. So it's a fun format. Cool. It's hard to find. Yeah, well, he says, since the, dis- since the disappearance of Blue Murano 127 availability, I've been struggling to find sources other than Efke. I've recently acquired two cans of 46-millimeter Portia 160 that I've been trying to figure out how to hand-roll myself. Unfortunately, the darkroom will no longer return backing paper with spools. In my extensive search for possible what backing paper the, sources, the, the dark room? they will not return backing paper with spools. Says the unfortunately, the darkroom oh. will no longer return backing papers with spools. Not know that. That's, so. that's, uh, that's important. Yes. Because you, if you're rolling your own, you need, you need it. You needs it. 
Well, he lists one website here where you can get paper. I'm not, it's too crazy. I well, I would suggest writing a letter to the darkroom.com and and you know pushing it upstairs. Mm. He says, even though I don't have a dark room at home, I can't imagine trying to spool 127 in a changing tent. What's that like? Oh you no, it. it's pretty easy. 127 yeah. will fit on a regular. Uh, uh, what do you call this? The tank and the developing roll. Yeah, the developing uh, plastic thingy. Mm. You know, you, it, it, yeah. Yeah. it expands and it expands, and you roll it on there, and you put it in your tank, and you process it yourself. It's really not. Oh. It's as easy as doing one twenty film. Well, the last sentence says, "You do an unbelievable job with the FPP, and Thank I'd be you. thrilled if this one twenty seven dream becomes a reality." It's just a matter of timing. You know, we just moved into our new facility, and I'm just getting set up. The first thing that's going to be rolling out of here, no pun intended. As a special edition will be the uh, uh, Svema. Svema? The Svema uh, FN64-120 and uh, Svema-120 color. When's that happening? Whenever I can get my butt in the dark room. Oh, that would be It's all hand-rolled. Oh, but gosh. It takes a lot of time, folks. Jeez, hair? Yeah. Hair of Michael? What else? Uh, here's another one about uh, camera stores Ooh. from uh, Dan Bowman. says, my name is Dan Bowman, and I'm a big fan of the podcast in the FPP store. All right. Listen to the latest episode where you ask for recommendations about local camera shops that support film. I live in Boston, and we have a great camera store there called Bromfield Camera. They have a large selection of used film cameras, mostly Canon and Nikon, but also some Polaroids. They also sell a number of different film stocks in 35, 120, and instant. Overall, a pretty cool store. Keep up the good work. Have a good week. Thanks, Dan. Mm-hmm. From Baston. I didn't do my Baston accent. Nah. I can't. I mean, I don't have right. a Baston accent. Uh, here's uh, from Brett Bolton. His favorite store uh, is Don's Used Photo Equipment. That has been a store for 15 years or so. They sell chemistry, film, and cameras. And they're located in the design district of Dallas, downtown Dallas. Remember that? No. We went to Dallas. You don't remember going to Dallas? Oh, yeah, a long time ago. He says it's on his commute on the way home. There are enthusiasts. They are enthusiasts themselves and always have what I need. They keep their prices as low as possible as they have a large number of students as customers. That helps. Anyone in Dallas, check it out. It's www.donsphotoequipment.com. And we're going to take a break. You know, back in 2010, yes, way back in 2010, I started chatting about like, hey, why doesn't FPP, why don't we make our own 620 spools? Because at the time, back in 2010, it was so difficult to find a 620 spool. And of course, 620 film is nothing more than 120 film. It's the same film. The only difference is the 120 spool and the 620 spool are different. 620 spools are much thinner, and they fit into the old Kodak brownies, some of the Ansco cameras, and just some of the 1950s, 1960s cameras that quote-unquote took 620 film. There's no reason not to shoot with these cameras. You can get authentic, newly produced, mold-injected 620 spools right in the FPP store, filmphotographystore.com. So you can now roll any of your favorite 120 films right onto a 620 spool. Or if you don't want to roll, you could just buy 620 film right in our store world's largest selection of 620 films and it's growing every day get out those kodak brownies 
you will be amazed at the amazing images that can be made on those old Kodak brownies. Get out your 620 film, 2014, 2015, and beyond. 620 film. Thank you much. This is from Ian Butler. Ian Butler. It says, Mike and friends, I thought of a tip you might want to pass along to the listeners. A camera with a bellows that has a light leak. Bellows. Can be repaired by the use of something called liquid tape. I think we may have talked about this, but it is used to seal and insulate electrical connections. It comes in a small bottle of four ounces or so, and it looks like a thick black paint. It dries very thin, rubbery, opaque, and flexible, and sticks to surfaces like glue. A thin coat on the light leaks on the fully open bellows will completely seal out light. It works and looks much better than electrical tape, which I have heard is used by others. The best, the, the best method I found was to place a light into the bellows in the dark room to identify the leaks. That's pretty smart. And then apply the liquid tape inside and outside. Allow it to dry completely before closing the bellows. Bellows! It dries quickly in an hour. It's available at Walmart, but it's in the automotive electrical department. I didn't know they had an automotive electrical department. Not the home improvement area. I've also seen it at Lowe's and Amazon has it. It runs about five or six bucks a bottle. So that's pretty good low-cost fix-it advice from Ian Butler. Here's a, here's a letter from Kim Buckley. Oddly enough, the same name as my sister-in-law. Really? Yeah. But she's in Virginia. I don't know. How come nobody puts where they're from anymore? I don't know. Uh, she said, uh, I ordered film and then I decided I needed the debonair. And you're absolutely right, Kim. You definitely need the debonair. Thanks again. I wish I could express how much joy your podcast, YouTube, and Ooh. Flickr presence gives me. Oh, thanks, That's Kim. That's nice. That's sweet. And what is a debonair, John? Debonair is a nice plastic camera for 120. Where, that do, you, I, uh, where do you get it? You get it at the FPP. <clears throat> you have a new one. How, how did the new one work? It worked like a dream. Loved it. John uh, took an FPP 120 debonair camera. It's a plastic camera. Okay. And you've had one for a few years now, and you I beat, beat it down. Because I bought it to the beach. I brought it to the mountains. I dropped it once in the uh, Appalachian Mountains. But for 20 bucks, I mean, you, got your, you oh, got your money's worth. More than my money's worth, yeah. no doubt. And now I actually put a flash on it this time. Oh. I'm not a huge flash guy. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited to see You're how You're probably going to be very pleased. I'm sure it will be. It's a fun camera. I yes. like plastic cameras. No, like no pressure. No. There's no pressure. You just have fun. You can just shoot, not worry yeah. about it. Here's something from Andy Hudson. He said, uh, I just wanted to let you know that I listened to the first episode of the Vinyl Record Podcast. Ooh. Really enjoyed it. If you keep making them, I'll keep tuning in. We got we to gotta keep on that. Okay. We only did two. Oh, uh, well, uh, Sophie and I did a one for Record Store Day. Uh, oh, good. It's really short, but it's up there. No, that's good. Just reviewing your purchases. Yeah. Google search Vinyl Record Podcast. The Google. And you will get, uh, you'll see the link okay. to see that. And that's John and I talking about, you know, vinyl records. Vinyl records. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, John gave me a bunch of vinyl records today. I did. Very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Umaguma. Umaguma. We'll be right back right after this quick message. Hey, this is our live spot talking to you folks out there about Kodak Film in the FPP online store. Yeah, come on. Get it together. And it's going <laughs> to be short and sweet because it's, it's quite simple. The, the Film Photography Project online store has the cheapest prices on fresh Kodak Film. Cheapest anywhere. That's it. And it's fresh. It's cheaper than all the big box stores. Yeah. It comes direct from Kodak. As a matter of fact, yesterday a pallet FedEx backed up. Pallet beep, came out. Beep, beep. Fresh from Kodak Alaris. 
It's important. Was it still warm from the factory? No. It's important, folks listening. This is very important. It's important if you love this show. What show? To buy film from us because that's the only way we're keeping everything rocking and rolling here mm-hmm. at the Film Photography Podcast. I've been asked uh, on our Flickr group, there was a question about when will you have your next meetup. Although it's free to you out there, folks who show up, it's not, it's not free to run. Yeah. The only way we can run it is if we have funds. And the only way we get funds is by the funds from the FPP online store and donations, which go into our camera donation school program, mm-hmm. our FPP walking workshop, our free events. Yes. And when we send giveaways out. That's right. So that's it. There you have it. Go do it. So break it down. Hey, we're back. Letters. I got a letter from Bill Donovan. Oh, you know, we haven't oh. announced that, you know, we've been reading tons of letters, but if yeah. you want to write a letter, oh, yeah. podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Look out. <laughs> you can send us a letter and we'll read it on the air. What do you got over there? Bill Donovan. This is a nice little letter. Bill Donovan. He says, hey, you guys. Well, that's my best Jersey accent. Now my real one. Hey, y'all. Hope you're doing well from the South. Okay. Bill's from the South. That's oh. how they talk down there. Do you guys like Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> Damn Yankees. We're, we're, we're the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the good ones. Uh, I wanted to write to you and tell you that I only recently found the FPP, and I'm really enjoying listening to the podcast. It's great. This is the best part of the letter. I snapped my first photograph on a 110 camera. Ooh. We were on a family vacation, and my parents wanted a photo of the two of them. I was four. Do you remember snapping your first photo? Yes. You One, do? 126 camera. No way. Yes. Seriously? Yes. How old were you? I was about eight. Eight. Wearing high pants? <laughs> One of those striped short sleeve shirts. What happened was my dad, they, my parents got a new camera. They bought a 110 camera. Mm, see? So then the Smaller, 126, better. the square 126 with the flash cube on top was up for grabs. Right. Kodak. Uh, I had, we had a Keystone. Oh. Keystone was made right here in Paramus, New Jersey. Is that right? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we had a Keystone. So what were you taking a picture of? you remember? The wall. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my siblings. Yeah. Do you have this, now that you mention it, there was always this phenomenon. Whenever my family got a roll of film developed, there was always a a rogue shot of a chair or the kitchen. My mother would get so pissed. She'd be like, who took the picture of the chair? Oh, because back then, you know, your relatives would be like, don't waste it. Yeah. It was precious. So they would get a roll developed, and if there was a roll of just like, you know, a foot or something, they'd be like, one of you kids shot a picture of your foot. You're wasting film. And there's always one person always in the family. Always a controversy. Always one person in the family. In, in my case, it's my mother, who just can't take a darn picture. No. And I'm talking about a simple instamatic picture, always with like too your much head, headroom. Your, no, your head is just at the bottom of the frame. It's like everything's just <laughs> like. And to this day, uh, when I was in college, I worked with the public relations office as a photographer. Used a Nikon F2. We used primarily black and white film, processed and printed it in our own darkroom. One of the best jobs I ever had. Sounds like a good job, right? Yeah. If you're into photography. Absolutely. I've looked at the FPP store hoping to find a take-up reel for super for a Super 8 projector. You got those? You know, that's something worth carrying. You'd like to buy one if yeah. you have it. But I can tell you, what's this gent's name? Uh, Bill Donovan. Bill? Listen to me, Bill Donovan. Listen to me. Listen to me, Bill Donovan. You watch that? Uh... <laughs> no, I don't. You don't watch that? What's that Showtime? called? Showtime. 
What's it called? Donovan, right? Oh, it's called Donovan. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. Listen to me, Bill Donovan. <laughs> Google search. Google search Urbanski film. The Google. Urbanski. Or Urbanski. U R. U R B A N S K I. Larry Urbanski runs a company that sells really uh, supplies. Super Eight. Take up reels, eight millimeter take up reels, sixteen take up reels, splicing tape, splicers. Oh, nice. He's a great guy. Awesome. He's a great guy. Keeping it real. With Larry Urbanski. Yes. It's great to find out there's still people like that, you know? Like little niche guys. Yes. It's Keeping wonderful. It it's wonderful. It's and that's why we get the letters about us, because you know, we're kooky enough to have mm. this little little niche, this little underground. And this mm. is underground. That's true. People out there listening. Folks out there, like, you know, the big shots, all like, the, you know, all the blogs and all the big blogs that never yeah. mention us. Yeah. They have no idea at the amazing amount of film that we, we push through the FPP because of yeah. folks like you. Yeah. They're all hipster jerks. I know. <laughs> yeah, but you're cheaper than anybody, boss. Oh, that's true. Why doesn't nobody know about this? Because the peoples that buys it, they keep it to themselves. They ah, don't tell anybody. Stoops. Well, you know what? When you find a good thing, you don't share. Want to you gotta share. Yeah. Um, share go on the Facebook and share. It won't ruin it if you share. No, it. it's a button you hit. Share. Oh, yeah. And then you can tell your friends. And it goes right to share. It goes right to whoever. Share. It's like, where am I getting all these film things for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I have some old abused Fuji Color 800 ISO. I'm going to send. Since John Fidelli likes shooting higher ISO films, toss him a roll. Yeah, good. send it over. You got that roll? P.O. Box. Wait, he said uh, no. he sent it. Oh, he's going to send. Okay, yeah, where is he sending no, it? Send it to uh, P.O. Box 264 Fairlawn, New Jersey, 07410. Wow. You can also send Mr. Brown Ice Coffee. Not, yes. not, not this gent. Tasty treats. Yeah, if you want to send stuff. Particular to your little corner of the world. Yeah. Oh, I really love when folks send us treats from their village. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It brings the whole experience closer. It does. What oh. you're not experiencing today is us like, <laughs> we don't have anything. <laughs> Anyways, listen to how this film was treated over the years. It has not been climate controlled. This will make you cringe, by the way. Okay. It has not been climate controlled. I didn't see an expiration date on it. It has been heated to 90 plus degrees and frozen to 20 below zero several times. Should make an interesting experiment. Dane will shoot with me on that. You need to shoot it like 400 or 200 ISO. 800 high speed color film does not do well mistreated. So so what happens if you shoot it? It'll be fogged and crazy. It gives you like... It'll give you a crazy color palette. Yeah, I think Dane would enjoy shooting So it's it. the kind of thing you need to shoot in full sun. Or a flash. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to look good, but mm. hey, thanks. Uh, again, keep up the good work. Yeah. I've been re-inspired to get my speed graphic back on its feet. I'm also getting ready to modify an old Polaroid camera to use 4x5 film holders. It's all your fault. That's good. Gas That's is good. contagious. It is. I'm really happy that people are, you know, I mean, because what we're doing is it's a craft. You're crafting something. You're taking a film and you're making an image. You're going into your dark room. So many people are now doing their own processing using our C41 mm-hmm. or E6 color slide kits. Yeah, how's that all going? E's, it's going great. C41, E6. Gangbusters. We can't keep them in stock. That's awesome. That's and great. Wow, that's so encouraging. It's putting wow. the power into people's hands. So It's really making it, what is it, arte- artesian? 
It's, art, it's making you guys artisans. Yeah, you're like <laughs> doing, it, doing it on your own, right? That's probably the wrong would terminology. You like, uh, would you like to try our artisan sandwiches? Artisan? Is yeah. that how you say it? Yeah. So this is a great Portlandia episode. Oh, really? Everything was artisan. Oh, would really? Like try? Oh, it was the movie theater, popcorn. <laughs> and they had all sorts of crazy stuff they were selling. Would oh. you like to try our artisan uh, veggie rolls? <laughs> and the woman's just like, um, I really just like popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> You watch that show? No. You tell me it's good. What else you got? Uh, I got something from Alex Hakimi. Who's that? His Flickr name is Mendocinos underscore villain. M-E-N-D-O-C-I-N-O-S underscore V-I-L-L-A-I-N. Hike! <laughs> Says, uh, what up? I started listening to the podcast around episode 137. It was so damn good that I knew I had to go back to Numero Uno and work my way forward. A lot of people do that, right? Yeah. Numero Uno worked at... Number one. No, they started... Number one! They started this episode and they worked their way back? He started at 137. And worked their way back. And then went to one and started forward. Yeah, I, that's a good way of doing it. I highly yeah. suggest listening to a new episode because then you can know what's going on now. Right. Then when you go back, this it's is, okay. Or work is, your way back. This is FPP... MK3, right? What does that mean? You know how they rate different bands? Like, you know, uh, especially Deep Purple. Like when different members go and leave. Yes. They call it a different mark, I guess. So it's like Deep Purple Mark 2, Mark 3. This is Mark 3 for us, I think. Oh, we have a whole new gang. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of additions. Yes. Uh, the newest being uh, Mr. Mark O'Brien. Mm. Yes. Yes. Who's going to be back in two weeks, by the way? Two weeks, two weeks. Folks you sound are, like a parrot. Folks are listening. Like, like, folks at home are like, where is everybody? Yeah. Because the last few episodes have been myself, mm. Matt, Leslie, Mark O'Brien, and Mark Dalzell. Yeah. That's, I, that's the, the spring gang. I missed out on that. We're taking a break. Yeah. You, just me and you. Yeah. Hey. The way it used to be. Yeah, right? People still ask about Dwayne. Where's Dwayne? I like, know. Like, where's Dwayne? I missed If you guys can find him, you let me know. <laughs> Dwayne. I'm now at episode 16, and I've been loving all the camera giveaways. Well, I guess it's my turn to be awesome and donate some goodies. So he said, please find a purple Holga 120 camera with custom electrical tape graphics, Mm -hmm. a Nikon FG camera with brand new batteries, tested and working beautifully, and five rolls of various 35mm and 120 film. I loves it. Keep up the amazing work, and feel free to share my Flickr Instagram name. I already did. Mendocinos oh. underscore villain. If you ever find yourself in Dallas, Texas, give me a holler. <laughs> What's his uh, Instagram name? You're kidding me. I said it three Say times. It again. Oh, my God. M-E-N. M-E-N. D-O-C. Wait a minute. M-E-N. D-O-C. I-N. Oh, there he is. Men- Mendocinos docu- underscore villain. villain. Here he is. I'm now going... Oh, I'm already following you. You're already friends with them. Yeah. Quit following me. Yeah. Here, uh, John, hold up, uh, hold up his letter. I'll put, I'll put it... Hold up his letter. Oh. Look, yeah, that's it right there. I'll put it on the Instagram right now. Listen to you. You sound like a, like a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> How's <laughs> put it on Instagram right now. His name is Alex, by the way. Thank oh. you, Alex. Alex Al- Hakimi. Alex and everyone out there who has these oddball handles, you know, names on Instagram and Facebook, why don't you just use your name? Because I don't know who you are. It's so difficult. Do you use your name? Yeah. Well, film Nobody photog- wants to use your name. Nobody wants to use Easy Pass. People don't want to be on the grid, man. <laughs> I, I, I got an Easy Pass. You finally did? Yeah. Wow. Made your life so much easier, doesn't it? I, as soon as I got it, I said, I said to myself, I want to go buy, buy me some tolls. 
There you go. You do look like Rick from The Walking Dead, John. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was hoping to look more like Nagin. Oh, Nagin. Yeah, he's the new supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got there, John? I have a very encouraging uh, letter. You do? From Nathan Bantz, who's, I, I, I'm assuming he's a uh, serviceman stationed in Sebeso, Seb, no, Sasebo, Japan. So Nathan says he's stationed, I guess, or living where the uh, earthquakes happened in Japan. Oh, okay. So he says, pretty stressful time for us right now, as I'm sure you have read in the news. While we are not in the main area, we are feeling many of the aftershocks, as well as the effects on travel and people in the area. Kumamoto is just over the bay from us, our neighbors. So, it was nice to listen to you all talk film, cameras, and hobby, and professional and profession in general. I actually rolled some film while listening to the last podcast. Felt good. I'll be going back to your library and catching up soon. I find in stressful times getting into nuts and bolts of something technical calms me. Film just sings to the process of creativity. Yes, there is an artistic element, but the process is calming as it as it's just you, the camera, and a light meter. That's true, right? Yeah. Don't you find a lot of our uh, listeners are solitary shooters? Like um, they just go out on walkabouts? Yeah, half and half. I think I, I think I made a mention of this before. You know, it's it's kind of life-affirming to just... Go solo and get lost somewhere with your camera. I find yeah. it very soothing. Yeah, you don't you don't interact with people. You just like shooting. No. Just go somewhere alone. Yeah, with the camera, walk around. Yeah, you know, every once in a while, people <clears throat> will say like, "Is it a film camera?" Yeah, you know, which is cool. But but I like just going by myself, which Nathan also does as well. Uh, anyways, he says, I mainly shoot long exposure and night photography and just ordered some low ISO film from your store. Looking forward to shooting it. Owning my own part-time photo business, yes, I lost customers. However, I have recovered more in interest in the medium and how I shoot that are willing to work with me. He did a very bold thing, don't you think? Yes! Got rid of all his digital. He's shooting mainly film. And he's found people who are willing to go with his vision you're gonna find uh, you're gonna find better customers. I think. I think customers so. who are interested in more of the aesthetic, more of the look, more of an understanding mm-hmm. of of the craft. Right. Send all the digital people to the mall. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Seriously, it's true. Yeah, people who shoot film you, are not like weekend warriors. You know, especially if they have a business. Well, there are lots of wedding shooters shooting uh, film still. I mean, they're they're. I'm sure it's a lower percentage, but. I think couples that are getting married boast that, you know, uh, it's you know, shot on film. It was shot on film. Exactly. Do you think digital companies still offer film as an alternative? I think special special, special places yeah. do. And the guy sits in the corner covered in cobwebs waiting. <laughs> Jingle belly. <laughs> waiting to get out. Gets out with his mamiya. Hey, Joe, we got a job for you. Uh, anyways, keep up the good work and thank you for supporting <clears throat> military and shipping FPO, APO? What does that mean? APO. That's uh, shipping to... When we ship APO, it goes to a military. Oh, I see. Makes a big difference to us that are deployed and working overseas. Yes. He says, never know. A large box full of cameras may land on your door. Love it. Japan is brimming with old cameras, if you know how to find the good ones. Mm. So, Nathan, I hope you know how to find the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) And good luck to you, and thank you for serving our country. Mm -hmm. We're going to be going to have, John and I are going to be going to have some food right now. Yeah, hungry. Yeah, we're going to check out a new place in Fairlawn, New Jersey called the Natural Way Cafe. Mm. I've already tested it. It's highly, highly recommended, folks. They have a party box combo. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get that. With broccoli <clears throat> and rice. Podcast at Film Photography Project. Oh, boy. Oh. 
podcast whoa. at whoa podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Hi, hi, That's how you can write to us. And uh, we're going to see you in just short two short weeks. Two? Two. Yeah. Check out our show notes at filmphotographyproject.com. Click, pod, click podcast. You'll see, you'll see all the notes of stuff from this show, stuff from this show, uh, of what we've, the, future, the featured music from this show. Yeah, what show? And please remember to visit our online store. It keeps us fueled, keeps us going. We'll see you in two weeks. Enjoy shooting. It's beautiful weather. No, hang on. Then it was the girl you used to see around the place, but now she's gone. Yes, she's gone to that great gig in the sky. She never had the chance to say goodbye. Oh, Jennifer, why did you have to die? Every Monday morning she would cross the busy road to get her coffee She liked it strong Always waited for the light But one day she just didn't see that bike Oh Jennifer, it gave you such a fright Jennifer, I wonder if you're listening to this song Never had the chance to say I loved you all along I watched you every single morning You saw the bike, you didn't hear my warning Jennifer Jennifer's a girl you used to see around the place But now she's gone Yeah, she's gone To the great gig in the sky I'd love to see you when it's time to die I sold the bike I must apologize.